slow down, Linus. Linus, Linus, pull up, pull up, pull up. Pull up, dude. Pull up. We're gonna die. This is the end. This was your intention all along. Star Citizen. The massively multiplayer space sim game from industry legend Chris Roberts that launched as a crowdfunding campaign way back in 2012. Nearly nine years and $350 million later, Star Citizen still has not been released. Sure, there's a playable alpha that now has over a hundred beautifully detailed ships, a solar system with massive, fully explorable planets and moons, and sci-fi cities with top tier public transit. Whoa! but it's still an alpha. Largely unpolished, where you're just as likely to successfully land on a planet as you are to clip right through it. And predicting when or if the full game will ever launch is impossible, because Cloud Imperium Games, the company developing Star Citizen, seems to have announced and missed more release dates than TechLink has had cringy intros. Which is not much of an accomplishment, because all of our intros are good. They're all, they're all pretty good. But here's the thing I've discovered about Star Citizen after months of research. The question of when the game will release might be the least interesting one you could ask. Because as hilariously disappointing as it is that CIG thought they could have the game out by November 2014, <laughs> if things keep on rolling like they have been recently, when Star Citizen actually does come out, it might be the best game ever. Even when we hit a full release, we're going to keep improving things, keep adding things. It has all been built on such a foundation of lies that why would I Why would I believe the new roadmap or whatever, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> Welcome to a new series on TechLinked we're calling Tech Longer, where we take a deep dive into the tech and gaming stories that get us thinking and loving and hating. Because if you've heard of Star Citizen before, you're probably one of three types of people. You're either one, a Star Citizen hater, someone who not only thinks the game is going to fail, but that it deserves to fail if there's any justice in this cruel, cruel world. You might be a Star Citizen lover. Like, yeah, CIG has made mistakes, but if they succeed, well, we got the best game ever on our hands, and surely that's worth a few thousand dollars and potentially decades of patience. Or three, you might be, like me, someone who remembers Star Citizen as, oh, that was that Kickstarter that sold video game ships for hundreds of dollars, right? Did that ever come out? <laughs> I heard it was a scam. Ma, Ma, are you buying a ship? Ma, no! Ma, don't buy a ship, come on! Now, if you're none of those three things, that's fine. I'm not trying to put you in a box. I only ask that you don't try to put this game in a box either. You see, the one thing that the haters and superfans can agree on is that there is no other game like Star Citizen. And that's true not only because of its uniquely convoluted and controversial history, but also because of the sheer scale of its ambition. Chris Roberts' vision for Star Citizen was initially to build the best damn space sim ever. But as he told Gamers Nexus back in 2016, as fans continued to back the project and CIG grew, Roberts' vision expanded. Instead of using existing tech, CIG would build new fundamental systems from scratch. 
planets, ships, and other objects would be made of components that interact with each other and the game world in a physically consistent way, creating a super high fidelity simulation of reality itself. Star Citizen wouldn't just be the best space sim, it would be the best everything sim. Okay, Chris, <laughs> you're telling me you're trying to build a matrix. <laughs> yes. I asked CIG's director of community, Tyler Whitkin, to define this game as CIG sees it. The official answer I got back was, Star Citizen is the most ambitious, immersive, uncompromising universe sim ever. It is our attempt at a living universe that will ultimately become the metaverse for tens, if not hundreds of millions of people around the world. We want people to be able to escape into the verse and never have to come out, except for the essentials, smiley face emoji. Okay, uh, so two things. People are going to find a way to go to the bathroom without leaving their gaming chair, and I'm not sure that's healthy. Uh, two, a universe simulator certainly does sound ambitious. It also sounds awesome. At this point, I had no choice. To even attempt to grasp the scale of this project, I had to dive headfirst into the waters of the buggy alpha and experience it for myself. I had to get my star citizenship. Or at least a travel visa. CIG regularly holds what they call free fly events, where star foreigners get to try out a few ships in the game world, which is known as the persistent universe. So I made an account, installed the game, created my character, and entered the matrix. Over the course of the next hour, I left my character's apartment, found a train to the spaceport, found out the spaceport hadn't rendered in properly, restarted the game, made it to the spaceport, passed through a security checkpoint that will in the future send you to prison for carrying contraband, spawned my fighter, almost crashed into some buildings, then left the planet's atmosphere, shot down some pirates attacking a space yacht, boarded the space yacht, and got one-shotted by an NPC. However, I wasn't even mad enough to blame it on the lag, because the scale and complexity on display here really hit me. The city that I had just left had felt massive, but it was only one tiny section of an entire planet about half the size of Earth's real life moon. And I hadn't even jumped to one of the three other planets in the Alpha or their multiple moons and dozens of space stations throughout the system, all fully explorable on foot. But wait a second, there's another space game with massive scale and realistic immersive gameplay Elite Dangerous, made by Frontier. It's like the dark mirror image of Star Citizen. It also had a Kickstarter campaign in 2012 with a full release in 2014, the same year Star Citizen was supposed to launch. Oh, and it also contains a one-to-one -one scale simulation of the entire Milky Way galaxy based on real scientific principles and data. That's 400 billion star systems. Star Citizen has over 120 planned star systems, but the Alpha currently has one. Frontier accomplished this by using the opposite strategy as CIG, release a playable, somewhat polished space flight sim with pretty basic procedurally generated planets and then add planetary landings, rovers, and more complex gameplay. Frontier's latest expansion, Odyssey, finally lets players head out on foot outside of a ship or rover. But wait a second, that erases one of the main advantages that Star Citizen had over Elite Dangerous. Nah, sort of. Remember, CIG isn't trying to create a fun space sim. They're building the Matrix. Ships in Star Citizen are built from the ground up with functional interiors, complete with ship component access panels, cargo bays, airlocks, elevators, turret gunner seats, and control stations. If your ship has the space, you can personally place cargo, weapons, land vehicles, even other spaceships inside it, 
and have a judo fight in the med bay about who gets to keep it all. Sure, Elite Dangerous may be a fully released game, but even in Odyssey, there aren't true ship interiors at all. To board your ship, you walk onto a blue marker, pass out, and wake up in the pilot seat. What? That's lame. Yeah, I know. Now, according to CIG, the reason all of that stuff is possible in Star Citizen, and a big reason development is taking so long, is because of all the proprietary technology they've built from scratch. The game's built on a version of CryEngine, but it's been modified so heavily if it was a person, it would be Nebula from the Marvel movies. Chris Roberts thought he could accomplish a very narrow goal. But once the stretch goals were met, they very quickly realized that the stuff that they wanted to do actually required technology that didn't exist and would require incredible time and investment to get done. There's some really good coverage from Gamers Nexus and Digital Foundry that gets super technical on this, but here's just some of the custom tech CIG told me that they're working on. Moving from a 32-bit to 64-bit coordinate system to allow solar system level scale combined with micro details at ground level. Planet building that combines procedural generation with manual artistry and custom particle-based weather. Dynamic persistence, so any changes to the world will persist between game sessions, meaning you could hide a gun under a rock, quantum jump to another planet, log out, and the gun would still be there if you came back to get it later. They even built a face over IP system that lets you use a webcam to control your player's facial expressions. Did I tell you to get up? And an entirely new first person shooter system, which was definitely necessary, even though CryEngine was built specifically for FPS games. You need that. And that's like maybe a quarter of the custom features that CIG even told me about. The way they tell it, all of this work is necessary to create the ultimate best damn space metaverse thing ever. But why are they even trying to do that? And more importantly, why are they doing it this way? Selling $1,000 virtual ships to fly in an alpha that will crash if you look at it the wrong way, instead of shipping something basic, but polished, and adding to it later. Everyone I asked this question had slightly different answers, but to me, it seems like it all comes back to Chris Roberts. I didn't want to focus on Roberts in this video, and I still don't but I can't avoid bringing him up now because so much of what makes Star Citizen whatever Star Citizen is comes from him. I mean, there's already been so much published about the man. He's the visionary behind Wing Commander, Star Lancer, and Freelancer. He's the game studio executive running the most crowdfunded project of all time. He's the filmmaker who produced a few okay movies with money from an investment fund that exploited a German tax loophole before the government closed it in 2006. <laughs> Roberts may not be a Hollywood prodigy, but he is a visionary. He can make you believe in his ambitious ideas and he'll fight to see them through. A skill that helped him lead developers to create new game engines for multiple titles in order to make the experience Roberts wanted. And the subject of his vision has, for most of his career, centered around a single type of game, space-based flight combat sims. He made a bunch and they were all pretty great clearly crafted by a man who loves the idea of pilots crossing the galaxy, fighting alien empires, and hauling cargo. But Robert's vision was limited by two things, the graphics power of hardware in the 90s, and studio investors making unreasonable demands like stick to a budget and release the game at some point. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, graphics technology advanced and crowdfunding got popular, enabling Roberts to leave the film industry and raise over $6 million from the initial Kickstarter campaign for Star Citizen and its single player story mode, Squadron 42. 
But turns out, to everyone's surprise, good vibes alone won't build a universe simulator. Star Citizen missed virtually every launch date CIG set while the studio continued to crowdfund, designing and selling new virtual ships for tens and hundreds and thousands of dollars. Meanwhile, it was expanding, hiring hundreds of developers, opening new studios, and paying A-list celebrities to do full motion capture for the Squadron 42 campaign. CIG did release the PvP Arena Commander and Star Marine modules, as well as slowly build out the PU Alpha over the next few years. Backers were finally getting a little taste of the game they had supported, but it was all happening at a snail's pace compared to the original timeline CIG had set. And as it tends to do, cynicism started to set in around 2015, when gaming sites like Kotaku, Polygon, and The Escapist wrote hit pieces. Roberts weathered attacks over his dictatorial leadership style, his inefficient use of funds, and even nepotism concerning his wife's position as VP as marketing from a growing faction of heretics who didn't just want their money refunded. They wanted Star Citizen to fall, like the Vanduuls seek the destruction of the Empire. They're the, they're, the they're the aliens in the game, the bad guys. See, some of Robert's greatest successes in game development had come from projects where he pushed gaming technology forward. Now, gaming PCs had the horsepower to enable a realistic, high-fidelity space sim. So with a massive vision and no external pressures from parent companies or publishers, why wouldn't you shoot for the moon? Pun intended, even if it takes you a little longer. One star skeptic I talked to, a YouTuber who goes by BinkyATX, AKA Bucha, says that in 2015, he pulled the more than $10,000 that he had invested in the game. He'd had relationships with Roberts and CIG staff in the early days, and he didn't like the direction things were heading. In his mind, and the minds of many others, Star Citizen was becoming less of a game in development and more of a money-raising machine, perpetuated by faith in Chris Roberts and a fan base that didn't want to give up on something into which they had already poured so much time and money. Sunk cost fallacy? More like sunk cost galaxy! <laughs> That's the title of the YouTube series Bucha made about Star Citizen. I used it here for a cheap laugh, I'm sorry. Now to their credit, CIG has released company financials, which show that in 2017, annual income dropped for the first time. But in 2018, the launch of Alpha version 3.0 brought a ton of new features and secured more backer support. CIG also sold a 10% stake in the company to billionaire Clive Calder for 46 million, keeping the development car running. And despite the scathing assaults on Star Citizen over the past few years, a sizable portion of the fandom held on and actually grew that is one of the most confusing aspects about this whole thing, especially to me, someone who doesn't play MMOs and has never backed a crowdfunding project in my life. CIG missed deadline after deadline, but even among those critical of the game, I detected, at times, a faint sense of hope that despite its drawn-out, overcomplicated development, Star Citizen will be released. Star Citizen is exceedingly unique. It was built to be unique. We have never seen anything like this before. Uh, perhaps describing the inhabitants of Star Citizen's world as either lovers or haters is too simplistic. If my Twitter poll is any indication, there may be a good amount of people who either think that CIG sucks, but the game is good, or that CIG is okay, but the game sucks. Though some people also apparently thought the game is great, and at times CIG can be bad at times. It wasn't a very good poll. But for some, the whole thing isn't that complicated. Many have held on to their hope since day one that this game would be the best thing to happen since the discovery of fire. 
which is kind of wild because fire was pretty sick. I think this could be the greatest video game ever made. Not, not necessarily the most fun, but in terms of greatness, yeah. like how expansive it is, how many systems there are, how deep it goes, how rich it is, all that kind of stuff. It might just by incredible amounts trump everything that came before it. To understand this hopeful perspective, I talked to Morphologist, a YouTuber who covers Star Citizen and some other space sim games. Play with friends, because there are so many, it's kind of a sandbox in some ways where you can create so many scenarios independently that CIG just isn't giving you yet. It can make it really, really fun. Like any MMO, the true value of Star Citizen is in its community. I'd seen videos of players manning turrets with their friends to defend their larger ship against multiple fighters. I'd seen the Daymar Rally, an entirely player-driven, multi-stage, day-long race over a planetoid where drivers have to navigate desert terrain while avoiding ambush by rogue ships. And I'd watched Bed Banana's amazing video where he hatches a daring prison escape by hijacking a rover and being dramatically saved by his friend under heavy fire. I needed the group experience. So Luke, Linus, and I hopped aboard Morph's multi-crew ship and prepared to have our eyes opened. I have a cyclone and I am an glitched in a chair. Oh my god, I am glitched into the ship right oh. now. We're, we're about to die. Yeah. What? Why? Because I got caught in the doors. Oh my god, I'm glitched in this chair again. How do I go faster? I can't kill him. My eyes were opened alright, to the fact that this game truly is an alpha. After trying to meet up in-game for more than an hour, a feat that was made even more difficult by Linus repeatedly killing himself for giggles, I made the mistake of logging out in the bed of my ship. That apparently triggers a bug that prevents you from logging back in until you've reset your character, which involves making a request to CIG and then waiting at least 15 minutes. Two hours into the stream, I was able to join the squad. Ha <laughs> ha! Let's go do some Star Wars, baby! Linus, are you setting your ICU? I gotta fly this puppy. Here I go! No, don't jump off! <laughs> Backspace or killing? Oh, I think someone else hit the button and is messing. Are you messing with the buttons, Linus? <laughs> Linus, <laughs> we gotta let Riley record something more than running around a space station. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We need to get to the ship. Wow, that's way too much work. And you kill yourself. I just had a seizure. You happy? I'm having much fun. Have fun ramming your $310 space. <laughs> <laughs> Just please, Linus, no. Now Linus is flying. No, Linus. No. <laughs> Left all backspace. <laughs> On second thought, bringing Linus along was a mistake. I thought he would have some interest in earnestly checking out the game since he and Luke actually had started a Linus Tectives organization in Star Citizen and had promised to pledge $1 per member, which was 3,061 at the time of writing. But Linus, he's more troll now than man. But despite Linus's best efforts, we got to experience some epic moments that could only happen at this level of immersion in Star Citizen driving a rover into the cargo bay of morph ships and taking an elevator up to the bridge, leaving a space station to discover we were being attacked by an Indris-class frigate with other players in the server coming to our aid, being forced to shoot Linus when he got a hold of a gun, having impressed charges against me for his murder, thus giving me criminal status, and then dying and waking up in prison. Just like how that happens in real life. <laughs> no, he's in prison! <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. While I was doing time in the slammer, I got to thinking about everything I had learned about Star Citizen and what a video game even is. Star Citizen, it is game development as a service. The software is in very early alpha, right, but the right. product itself is a full release. It's not so much about the game as it is about being a part of something great. For hardcore Star Citizen fans, the game isn't the literal software you run on your PC. It's the metagame of being involved in development. Because Star Citizen isn't technically released, the game's true fans think of themselves as being a part of the development process, not consumers of a product. There are YouTube channels with hundreds of thousands of subscribers who make weekly update videos about nerfs, buffs, game mechanics, and features who talk excitedly about underlying server technology. For their part, CIG makes a lot of this information available through super in-depth developer interviews on their own YouTube channel. And there's a progress tracker, charting what's being worked on at any one time. As long as they continue with that transparency, the true believers could keep on believing indefinitely. But will the rest of us? Should we believe this game will come out? Because that's really what it comes down to at this point, belief. I mean, Squadron 42's latest window to release the beta was Q3 2020, and when that came and went, Chris Roberts released a statement saying the game will be done when it's done and will not be released by a certain date just to make you happy, James. James isn't here. Andy! Now this attitude can be seen as an uncompromising commitment to one's vision, and it is that, but it can also be seen as disdain for deadlines and honestly a sort of disrespect for the people who backed this project thinking they would have something more than an alpha nine years in. CIG still needs, after eight, nearly nine years of development, it still needs its backers. Is that right? And it brings up the question, how long can a crowdfunded project ride on its backers' goodwill? We don't know. We're seeing that experiment play out right here in real time. Star Citizen is still raising funds. 2020 was their highest funded year, somehow. In early 2021, they passed $350 million in funding. Now, a cynical person would see that and say, look, they just want the money. But a hopeful person sees that as dedicated fans with a lot of expendable income, continuing to support a project that they really believe in. And the thing is, no one can really say whether their faith is misplaced. CIG has developed some groundbreaking technology. So who's to say that they couldn't continue doing that? The only people who could say are the people making the game. But what about the people who've been burned along the way? Their current monetization is incredibly predatory. And that to me immediately sets off alarm bells. When you can buy $25,000 packages that you can only see if you've already spent $1,000, that to me immediately screams, these people are not on the level. Some people call Star Citizen a scam, and I don't think that's accurate. Even Bucha said it's not a scam. But the fact is people have been scammed by it. The way that Star Citizen was originally presented was not as a perpetual alpha project with a far off release date more than a decade away. If there's one thing that I do blame Roberts and CIG for, it's giving the impression in the past that the full game was going to be released in the next couple years. It's always the next couple years. Although now people are talking about five to 10 years. It just, what's going on? I mean, hey, I get it. I started working on this video at the start of February. 
The way that Star Citizen is presented now makes it pretty clear that it's a game in active development. And there is a 30-day refund window, so I don't think many people who choose to buy a game package today are being misled into thinking they'll definitely get to be Mark Hamill's wingman next year. By Christmas, Mark Hamill? He'll be your friend, he'll be your buddy. Yeah, dude. You can be friends with Mark, you could fly with Mark Hamill, wow. Although, lest you do think that being attacked by frigates is a super common occurrence. The Idris that they spawned when you were on stream has no interior. Yeah, no, they, they, spawn, they spawned that in for you. When we were on the stream, the Idris. I the Idris. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the fact that this week, CIG released a video called What is Star Citizen? That definitely makes the game look more polished than it is. And and hey, hey you know, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about, CIG. Stop that. Now, if you, the viewer, are thinking about buying into Star Citizen, first off, maybe just wait until the first free fly event because they have them pretty regularly. But if you know what you're getting into and you know that it's quite possible this janky alpha experience might be all you ever get out of this project, 45 bucks for a starter ship isn't a horrible price for a pretty cool early access game that could turn into something amazing, but could also not. At the end of the day, for a backer, every crowdfunding project is built on hope. If it wasn't, people would wait until the game is finished and released and critics give it a score out of 10 and the customer decides to buy the game for a reasonable price. Star Citizen is not that. It might be the longest con in the history of the gaming industry, or it might be the greatest game ever. And the greatest compact toolkits ever are made by iFixit. That's right, we have a sponsor for this video. Can you believe it? iFixit's toolkits are tiny, yet paradoxically have all the essential bits you need to fix your electronics. From mini kits with 16 bits to full repair toolkits to start your own repair business that delivers what your customers paid for in less than nine years, iFixit has you covered. They've got over 70,000 repair manuals with photos and step-by-step instructions so you can work worry-free knowing you've got both knowledge and quality parts backed by iFixit's lifetime warranty. So get the right tool for the job and fix your stuff today by checking out ifixit.com slash techlinked. Guys, this was a crazy video to make. Whose idea was this? <laughs> but it was super fun and I learned a lot. So big thanks to all the people who I talked to and were able to give me a big window into this crazy, crazy world. If you wanna see more tech longers like this on this channel, leave a comment below. And if you thought it was dumb and you never wanna see anything like this ever again, also leave a comment. I love you and all of your thoughts.